Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, lots to get into, new polling, Build Back Better, a summit for democracy, and stuff still going on in Georgia. Alex, what do you got going? Well, I think we got to start, Joe, given everything we've talked about for basically the last year with, with this summit for democracy. Uh, Joe Biden's kicking off this virtual summit for democracy Thursday morning when we're recording this uh, with something like, I think it's 100, 110 world leaders. It's a two-day conference, and his goal is to bring America back in kind of this leadership role of protecting democracy. How do you see this playing out? Is it worth doing? What's your take? Well, first of all, everybody should uh, look. The Atlantic had has a great uh, December issue out um, that gets into how bad all this is. I mean, I really think they they put this thing out at the right time, going into the summit. Uh, you got uh, the cover is Ann Applebaum's "The Bad Guys Are Winning," uh, which is all uh, lays out uh, how. The authoritarian movements around the world have been growing over the last 15 years as democracy declined and going into, you know, look at look around the world, Putin, Xi, uh, Orban, I mean, just all kinds of autocracy on the march, our own Donald Trump, of course. And also uh, in that issue uh, is Gelman's piece uh, that I, I tweeted about uh, that, you know, January 6th was, was just practice. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll get there in a bit. But I'm just saying the whole issue is really important. And look, that's the whole point here, I think, to Biden holding the summit um, around the world. Uh, I mean, I, you know, we we've been out there working in, in overseas and, you know, and particularly in Africa to build democracies and and stop some of the dictators out there. And, you know, used to be able to go in to and talk to the opposition about why it was so important, you know, to keep fighting the dictator, to keep fighting the autocracy and and not give up and not get exhausted. And now I think you go into those rooms and they look at you and go like, what are you talking about? I mean, you know. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. So I think, look, um, after four years of Trump out there, basically cozying up to autocratic leaders around the world and a lot of our Democratic, you know, allies who have democracies and uh, are are or even fledging democracies, wondering where we are and how hard we'll, you know, we're willing to to put the oar on the water and fight for democracy. And then they look here in the United States and they see, you know, the authoritarian, uh, the voter suppression, things that we we tell them not to do. <laughs> We, you know, when you're we, we used to go in and tell these people not to do that stuff. And here it's happening in our own country. And that doesn't seem like a whole lot's being done to stop it. Um, so I think I think this summit is more about trying to get the democracies out there. And I think over 100 world leaders are 
going to be uh, attending it on Zoom um, to understand the threat and that we have to renew our you know you know our alliance together uh, to take this stuff on. But Apple Bomb's piece, um, you know, she was on she was on the Lincoln uh, Project podcast talking about it, um, and again she. She, you know, she, this is a person who published a report on Russian disinfo in 2016 and took it to the Hill. And the response was, this can't happen here. This well, was like two months before the election. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it kind of did. And, you know, now you have Venezuela, Belarus, China, again, the Everybody. autocrats, yeah. all emboldened. And I think, you know, uh, her, her big point was that we tend to think of autocracy as a sort of cartoonish, top-down caricature of, of government. Um, and, and you, you kind of laugh at it until you wake up and you've lost control and lost your democracy. And I think the interesting thing to me is not, I think it's, it's great for Biden to pull this together for the administration. They put out a, 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 some really important things on how programs on uh, fighting uh, corruption and other ways to start combating the authoritarian movements out there that I think are gonna be really important. But I also think the question comes back when is the administration and you know gonna gonna focus on what's happening here? I think there are a lot of uh, people in the United States who who are, you know, will look at this and say, great, but can we clean up our own house first? Uh, in fact, I I suspect a lot of those attending the summit will have that asked. attitude as well. I mean, the other thing um that she that Avalon talks about is you know, this thing's a, it's a tangled, coordinated system, authoritarian movements, you know, business interests, media channels, legal, the voter suppression stuff that they do, and, and that it's happening here. And she also points out, and I quote it, the list of major American corporations caught in tangled webs of personal, financial, and business links to autocratic regimes is very long. Um, you know, companies that are trying to do business in China, or you know, or, or 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 with Putin and and what they have to agree to and do, and they're not really you know that prone to fight it, frankly. Particularly, right. well, it's bad for their bottom lines. Yeah, yeah. they're going to get the. So uh, look, I think uh, the summit is is important. I think everybody out there. I keep saying this. I don't think we should wait. You know, for a summit, we can't. We shouldn't wait for Garland. We shouldn't wait for the press corps to get it. The only people who are gonna, uh, it, it, this has to be a pro-democracy coalition. I know I keep repeating myself, but we have to start building it and build it now. And that mean, it, it means coming together, whether it's former Republicans, Democrats, independents, every group out there that, that care, and every American who cares about it, their democracy needs to start to engage not get exhausted. That's what the authoritarian movements um, count on. That's what Trump is counting on. That's what Steve Bannon's counting on to just exhaust us and run the clock out. You know, it, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. Applebaum makes that point over and over again. Uh, Freedom House, another kind of respected uh, kind of indicator on this kind of thing. They have an index of democracy. I'm sure many people listening to this are familiar with it. It's been in decline for 15 years. And it, it can absolutely happen here. So we'll see, Joe, how, how this all shakes out. 
we got a lot to talk about domestically, though, so I think we should probably move there. Absolutely. Where to? This week, we got to talk more about Biden. I feel like this is a Biden week, which in contrast to the Trump weeks, it just it. I know it's urgent. I know we got a lot to do, but man, it's a nice change. I'll keep saying that. He's got some new polls out this week. Uh, One really interesting I want your take on, but some of the numbers are tough, but there might be some things under the hood that we can look at that kind of give us a clue about where we're going next year. What do you make of these new polls, especially the Wall Street Journal one? You know, look, I I keep saying to everybody, the polls at this point do not matter. Uh, They're all snapshots in time. I mean, these numbers are bumping around two points here, on his approval or or down two points. Like I think we're in a we're for I think we're pretty permanently in a very narrow range for any president um, who's probably we're not likely to see uh, whoever was president having positive approval numbers. I mean the old rules if you got to be over fifty or you don't uh, uh, you you know you're you're in trouble. I think we're like the tribes have taken hold and the numbers are what they are. And there's very little movement. I don't think uh, that there's that the ceiling for Biden is very high, and I don't think his his uh, the basement is any lower than it's been. Um, and he's going to float between that. Uh, and, and in the end, it's going to come down to where we are in November of 2022 on all this stuff on COVID, on inflation. I mean, you're seeing that come down. You're seeing the uh, gas prices come down. We'll see if that uh, continues. But it's it's all this moment by moment. Oh, I mean, I saw like, uh, gosh, what I think it was Morning Consult or something that, that uh, or somebody I think Politico was making a big deal out of out of his numbers are down again, two points. Like there's a big difference between 44 and 42. I mean, it's the same damn number. It's all just noise. So I don't think any of it any of it matters. What does matter is where the positive pieces of the Biden agenda are, because they are really popular, most of them. The big, the Build Back Better uh, has strong support. And, you know, I think it's, I still believe it's more just getting it done because however, however many people feel it, it's how it's perceived in November. In other words, if we're, if we're moving forward, if the economy continues to uh, to post these kinds of job numbers, if the inflation rate is coming down, if people feel, uh, perceive uh, that the country is on the right, moving in the right direction, I think his approval numbers will go up. And, you know, whether the Build Back Better plan actually has enough implemented between now and November, it's still going to be perceived, I think, that the Biden agenda and it is, it should because of the the uh, COVID relief and other things that he's done, the infrastructure plan. But all that bodes well if if the country's moving in the right direction. If we're still, you know, in another wave of COVID and inflation is going up, Build Back Better will be whether it's and it could be working bonkers, it'll still be perceived as a failure. So it's all about helping Biden succeed with his agenda. That's the most important. That's what I read into all these polls. I mean, you know, all said, you know, Biden in these few I've seen had, uh, uh, you know, Biden defeating Trump slightly, 46, 44 or something like that. But uh, I just don't think in the end, these polls, I I wouldn't pay any attention to them. What we got to do is, is this is going to be 2022 is going to be a turnout election 
It's going to be get organized, register people, get involved, plug into a campaign, plug into a state party or some other effort or, 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 or fair fight in, in Georgia or Stacey Abrams campaign or Warnock's, but get involved in these things and start to make the difference. That's what I mean by the pro-democracy right. coalition. Find somewhere you can make a difference. And damn it, if there was ever a year to make a difference, this is it. it it's striking to me that even though, and I know you say it's just noise, as Biden's approval numbers have fallen, Build Back Better has basically been stuck in the 60s in terms of people for it. What do you make of that difference? Why is it that his signature plan is approved and his numbers keep going down? Because when you're going to the, that's sometime in the future that people are talking about this might happen. They may have a vote. Uh, it might make a big difference in your life. Three or in, in the nation, like the infrastructure thing, the infrastructure bill is going to have a dramatic impact on the country over the next five, 10 years. The people are worried about now. They want their kids in school. They want, they don't want to pay four dollars a gallon of gas. And that's down substantially. It's now, you know, uh, uh, just slight, a little bit over where it was, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago before the, that that price hike happened. Uh, happened. Uh, in the meantime, the oil companies made something like 174 billion dollars in profits this year, while we're paying more at the gas pump. Oh, puzzle that. So I mean, it just goes back to 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 show you that some of this is in Biden's control, but a lot of it is you know, how how people pull back when they hear about a new virus, uh, variant, does that slow up the, the recovery? It, you know, it's a lot of those kinds of things. It, uh, and so I, I really do think that Biden's actually and Democrats are positioned well. I, I believe things are on, on the upswing. I think the press is prone to re, re, just sort of burn, you know, hair on fire over every little Thing that happens they don't do they're not doing any a great job of reporting the positive stuff uh we'll see they're not going to harp for days about lower gas prices right. let me put it that yeah. way <laughs> they're not going to do that uh if it, so i just think that that in the end it really is going to be whether people want the chaos of the republican party whether they perceive the threat of what's happening with voter suppression and, and their rights uh things like the abortion ban in Texas, what the Supreme Court may rule next July or so on that. It's going to be a lot of those things, I think. And if if people stay energized and are willing to fight, don't get exhausted. Join join part of the coalition out there that's out there struggling every day, like you are, but struggle to keep our democracy and to save it. I that's that's the most important thing right now. The poll, the polls will. I think get a lot stronger as we get later in the year. Well, and notable in these, and the last thing before we got to move on, you know, a lot of these polls have 44, 43, 46, 44, Biden up one or two points on Trump. That's still eight, 10, 12 points undecided. How are you undecided right now between Biden and Trump? This kind of goes back to a question you asked last year. Where is that 10%? I think, look, there are a lot of people who are, are just, you know, just very not focused on politics. They don't pay attention to it the way uh, people who are listening to this podcast and us do. They're not, they just don't do that. And a lot of this is noise. You know, 
their autocrats were socialists or whatever the the stuff that's being thrown back and forth. And they're just, you know, it's all just two parties fighting to them. And in the meantime, how much do I have in the bank? Can I afford gas? All those kinds of things I think have have a, a much bigger impact than a lot of the things that that uh, I mean, you know, voting voting rights uh, may not, you, you know, why are you guys talking about voting rights? You know, uh, do something about inflation. I mean, I mean, it's literally uh, now you and I know, and a lot of people that are more focused on what the Republicans are actually doing know how threatening what they're doing with to suppress votes and and make it tougher to vote, and that's maybe more important than anything else. For a lot of those people paying attention, you know, you've got uh, a lot of of people out there who are paying attention to what's going on in their house right now, and particularly I think because of COVID too. I mean, whether they're uh, against masks, for masks, any of that stuff, I don't think. I still think there's a lot of focus in the household about how are we going to make it through another year of this. Seems like we can't end a show this week without checking in on the other side. I need to stop sitting across the aisle. I wrote down across the aisle, but it's not really an aisle anymore. Let's look at what's going on with the GOP who, you know, you look at these, all the poll numbers, which I know you said they're just noise. I get it. It seems like it's Republicans in disarray for what seems like the umpteenth week. Let's go to Georgia first, where uh, we hinted at it last week, but Kemp officially has a challenger, David Perdue. What do you think? of that. I think it's going to be a bitter, ugly, and costly race. And that's a Republican uh, talking. That's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the Republicans are right. This will be the ugliest, nastiest race the state has ever seen, said another Republican. Yes, I'm quoting Republicans. It's going to be a, I mean, a real divide in the party. You know, Trump's weighed in and talked about how he doesn't know how Kemp could you know could be that strong a candidate after he didn't help steal his election? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, this is the other thing when you talk about all these polls. Yeah, there are all kinds of polls that said uh, that there are a whole bunch of Republicans uh, seats that were, were going to win seats when the Tea Party was nominating crazy candidates that that then lost the election because they said crazy nutty things. Uh, you still do have Marjorie Taylor Greene out there. You've got Tom Massey doing his Christmas cards with with uh, machine guns. A very large machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. Days after uh, or a week after the Oxford shooting by a 14 year old. So it's, you know, put your give your kids guns, uh, him and Bogart. So, I mean, it all that stuff. Joe Biden will not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's one of these things. If Biden is moving uh, with approval numbers, if people are feeling better and then they got to look at the crazy Republican that got nominated versus uh, uh, the one thing I do think is going on is um, real like 2018, really strong Democratic candidates are are you know, stepping forward, Tim Ryan in, in, in Ohio. I mean, there's that will be a primary too, uh, potentially on our side. But I think that you look at the the different, even where we have primaries, the two or three candidates that are in the race are any one of them would be a solid contender uh, to the nutcase Republican on the other side. And there, you got to remember how many of them there are. I mean, right. you know, it's not Devin Nunes checking out, resign. I mean, 
in in place to be the uh, chair of Ways and Means, the most powerful committee in, in in Congress, bails. I think partially, probably because of redistricting, that his district could become uh, moved more more towards the blue. But still, he you know being an incumbent, uh, you would think he would have a, a shot at it. He's checking out, and he's going to get go crazier and and run Donald Trump's uh, media firm. Um, uh, so. I just think, you know, we'll see what happens here, but I really do feel good about where I know there's a lot of hand wringing. The press is horrible at how they're covering this horse race crap and every every, you know, uh, one or two point move in in approval poll. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. And they're a lot smarter. They they could do a lot better job by literally calling out like uh, the Atlantic has done calling out the real threat to the country right now. And it's it's not Joe Biden's approval rating. It's it's an authoritarian Republican party that they keep acting like there's two parties. There isn't. There's an authoritarian party that is anti-democracy. And you know, that needs to change. And until it does, there are not two parties. There isn't, it's like you said, uh, I want to reach, I want you wanted to say reach across the aisle. There, this is the same mistake um, I think Manchin um, and, a, and a lot of Democrats are making because they still think they can get 10 votes. BS ain't going to happen. Right. There aren't 10 votes. There isn't there. There isn't a party on the other side that you could you can uh, uh, reach out to. Uh, and they've proven that time and time again. They're now doing it with the debt ceiling again. So, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the Republicans in the House would rather crash the economy yeah, I mean, they're they're even taking out on McConnell and any of the Republicans. I mean, because McConnell said he was, you know, did a, a, a deal that let it play out till, I think, what, February, I think, if I'm not mistaken, because he did that. He's now, you know, we're back in rhino trader land because because like, geez, no, we we should have the economy just just tank for everybody. Sh- yeah. 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 Go. go. We should tank the economy as a Christmas present to the nation. That's what the Republic. That's what the Republican Party is. You know, look at their Christmas cards. Look at what they want to do, and that's who they are. They're showing the country who they are, and maybe the country will get it in time to show them the door in November. That's. I mean, that's what all of us have. That's our mission. That's what it has to be. Well, you you wonder why sometimes, and Amanda Marcotte put a new article out in, in Salon this week and kind of seems like she has a bombshell basically every time we we record. But I think the title is something like Destroying Democracy Can Make You Rich or Very Rich, excuse me. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, she, ta- she talks about how Sidney Powell raised $14 million for her Stop the Steel grift. You know, there, now there's a bunch of questions, no surprise about where the money went. You do have, as I said, Devin Nunes quitting to run Trump's social media company because he thinks, I, evidently, he thinks he'll get rich there, even though Trump notorious for never paying anybody anything. And then you have, you know, well, which by the way is already under investigation. I don't know what's going on there, but what do you mean? It's a, it's a scam. That's what it's like. Really interesting. Uh, you know, the MAGA investors, the MAGA folks, are buying up shares. You know, uh, equity. And have you know bumped its uh, share price? It bumped it really high. Um, and you know, you look at what the 
the smart money is doing, and they're all buying puts. They're all shorting it because they and they're shorting it to such an extent that it's it, that they basically think it's going to zero. So this will be a a, a fun one to, to watch. It reminds me in the betting markets right after the election, after Barr had resigned as attorney general, there were he still had a a an amazing number of bets that he would be attorney general after January 21st. Why? Because if you believe the big steal and you believe Trump was going to be still be president of even after Barr resigned, no, Trump would bring him back. You know, it was there were there, there was easy money all over the street right. to bet against those people if you were sane. So it's the same thing with I think with with Trump's uh, social media firm. In the meantime, how many shares did he get as they're bidding it up, right? Uh, and when did he, when does he, you know, uh, or his shell or whatever? Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when does he cash out of it? Uh, he'll get out way before the shorts crash it. And, you know, and maybe Nunes is in on that. But, you know, the, the thing is that, there's a side note to this, because uh, you and I, we've talked, we've had Trigby Olson on the show uh, before, and one of the things he told us is, look, you guys, we all have to understand how authoritarian parties or authoritarian structures work. It's top down. It's proximity to the dear leader is where you get power, not because you're in a position in Congress or you're uh, or you, you, you you're based on merit or competence or even policy ideas. No, you don't get anywhere in authoritarian structure with any of those things. You, your power in an authoritarian structure comes from proximity to dear leader. So what did Devin Nunes do? He got as close as he could. He take checks out of the most powerful position, in, in, you know, committee position in Congress, because there's no proximity. Trump doesn't give a damn about ways and means. Right. And by the way, he, he had like about, 16 million in his, he had an incredible amount in his campaign account. It was basically, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna go and get proximity to dear leader, and run his his social media company. So yeah, I think uh, Amanda's article is spot on that you know de- destroying democracy can make you very rich, quoting her, but she or the story, and she's right. You know, due to the huge right wing base that can be endlessly milked for profit, being a fascist stooge these days is like printing money. Pick that one will go in the show notes too. It's another must read. And there's there's so much more out there on this stuff right now. Judd Legum yeah, and, has and we'll get we to should it. put Judd Judd Legum's uh in the show notes too. He's you know, he's been saying that most of this is most of that company is worthless. Uh, uh and it's mostly being brought up by people, you know, and we'll include the link, but, you know, talk about the Trump's company, our, our friend and former guest, Judd Legum has a really good point on it. We'll include that in the show notes, but Joe, we're running up on time here. So that's just about all the time we've got. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Look, uh, I really believe that uh, there are quite a number of stories that we talked about, particularly those in the Atlantic, Amanda's piece and, and, uh, some of the stuff Judd Legum's been talking about. We'll put as many of those as we can in the show notes. Uh, so, that, you know, if you get a chance, you should read them. But thanks for listening to That Trippy Show. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, please subscribe to That Trippy Show 
leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. Please, my friends, pass this on to a friend. Uh, email some of your friends the link. Um, get them to listen or or send them the link to the to the some of those Atlantic stories. Uh, that January 6th was just practice and that uh, the bad guys are winning. People, we need to grow this pro-democracy movement of people who, yes, I know people are exhausted. We can't. They're counting on it. Let's fight back. Let's build that uh, pro-democracy coalition together. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review section on iTunes. Uh, and and look, we're going to come up, uh, we're going to be putting out ways to, for you to participate in the pro-democracy coalition with real uh, advice and, and, and tools for people uh, to take action out there because that's how we're going to stop this. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.